Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast with you. As always, is Bob live in the lounge staring at the Ouija board. Super stoked for today's episode. Uh, I think I was 14 or 15 years old when I first saw their band. Um, they were a little bit older than me in high school. I was um, like a freshman and like I was watching very carefully these guys orchestrate, create their band. Their band's name was called Dole and they were the most punk rock band to come out of uh, my high school, I believe. Um, they did this performance and uh, it was the first time I ever seen a girl take center stage in a band. And I thought that was really super cool. Uh, her name was Chrissy, but um, she was in my class, which was cool that, you know, they chose her over me to be in the band, but that's a whole nother story. But uh, their impression, it left uh, like a lifetime thing on me. Uh, I mean, like I loved Nirvana growing up so much. And then like, there's this band in my high school that's a trio when they start out the bass player is very tall there's lots of very similarities the lead singer is very um poetic he's got a lot of uh things to say about the world and how he feels about them and uh you know i i was so happy about like six months ago i found the video footage of this i found the the tape i sent it to all them you can watch it on my facebook uh it was just super cool to see again and uh, i just wanted to get them together for a reunion of sorts um, there will be others joining us hopefully as we go, but this evening, excuse me, this morning, we are welcoming to the podcast, Mr. Dave Bowl and second appearance, Mr. Neil Ramirez. How are you fellas? Hey, <laughs> hey, how's it going? Great to be on. So like I, Neil, we, we've caught up, but Dave, I haven't yeah. seen you in a very long time, man. Um, it's been a long time. Yeah. Are you still doing anything musically? I am. Yeah, I'm doing more like electronic music now, like DJing and um, producing uh, like house music. That's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Did, so the, did, is it always like there's no bands, right? Not in the band? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, like I haven't been in the band in a while. Um, Same. Uh, it's, 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 it's been a little while. But yeah, it's basically like producing, uh, producing my, my, my solo electronic stuff as, as Map of the World at Night. That's my current moniker. Map of the world at night. I love that. The world at night. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, cool. It's awesome stuff. It really do you, is. Do you ever um, collaborate with him, Neil, and like perhaps get up on stage? No, and dance? I would love like, to one day again, though. Yeah. Like have, have like some sort of uh, like collaborative uh, dull reunion and electronic dance. Down. I would be there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is a question that uh, I'll open up to both of you. You could both take it because um, I think about it a lot. It's like our combined, our, our like uh, youth together, like our experience. We grew up in a very specific time, a very specific uh, era that at its moment, I didn't know if we realized how important it was musically. Right. When you guys look back at those early 90s years, those formative years of like making Dole and stuff like that. And, you know, the emergence of grunge music, the, the rise and fall of Kurt Cobain. Like, what are your thoughts? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I, I think I think uh, I mean, it, it was a significant time because we were like the very end of Gen X. Right. Right. You still consider yourself Gen X, Bob? I don't even know, dude. X, Y, Z. You know, I'm like, all we're, like, we're, like, we're, like we're like we're like right in the edge, you know, and like I feel like we were like the last generation to have that experience of like making, you know, like 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 real instruments or like it seemed like it was the only way to do it you know like we recorded on tape we recorded on a karaoke machine for our first demo you know like swapping like two cassettes to like overdub tracks and things and like you know and it's just changed so much since then like the whole like dynamic too of like creating music it was a lot more 
difficult, I guess. I mean, it was do it yourself. I also had one of those karaoke machine things where you plus yeah. play and record at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And it just seemed like it was more uh, important. I can say though, that since coming back to working for a colonial last year, I came back and I was completely floored that there was still music here. I think awesome. that we spoke about this before, Neil, that I was yeah. like, kind of like, yeah. but when I came back here, I was completely reinvigorated. There's bands. There's a heavy awesome. metal band that gave me a sticker. I got it on. <laughs> I put it on my Mac okay. like tower. And they were like, oh, my God, dude, you put your sticker on the Mac Tower book. I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to represent. Like, that's what I like. I like to um, support bands. And it's like uh, I'm trying to get the battle of the bands back together. You oh, know? it was wait, awesome. Wait, wait, what do you I, remember about I, that? I man? just remember, like, yeah, we were like one of the last groups of people before the Internet was like everywhere. So right. you kind of just had the knowledge that you got from, you know, little bits of reading in the magazine or what you saw on MTV or what you could trade with your friends and just, you know, like that. I don't know. I wonder, I, cause I'm, I don't have my finger on the pulse of like how it is today, like with kids in high school or, or middle school, like when they like artists and bands, like, do they like just one thing? Do they like everything? I don't really know. Yeah, like, okay. I, so like we, yeah, I, I know that. <laughs> So we coveted like everything. Like we we didn't have the option to live in um, Kurt Cobain's world through Instagram stories. We had no idea what he's doing. Yeah. The only thing, only time we found stuff out was like at the last ten minutes of the hour on MTV. Do you remember that? <laughs> doom, 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 doom. MTV <laughs> News, and like that was your um, that was your internet basically. That right, was like yeah. where your your uh, like social media website in a way. But like kids today, yes, they obs- they obsess over music, but it's not like it was for us with like you know the um like i was explaining to them the other day like last school year i was like our t-shirts were like our facebook page our t-shirts were like our (laughs) instagram stories you know what i mean like we we and then our our, um trapper keepers or our binders right would write the stuff that we'd liked on there so that way perhaps somebody else would be like oh you like sebado right okay (laughs) cool i like them too you know and like that type of um, dinosaur way of uh, communication yeah. sadly is over, but I still have fine, fine regard for it, you know? Yeah. And it was, it was a neat like time period too. Cause it was like, we were in the post Beatles world and then Nirvana happens. And like, we don't know that it's like so important really. I mean, like I, I didn't know, you know, I was 12 or 11 and right. uh, I'm just like waiting patiently, you know? I mean, like there is music that is exciting again, but um, do you guys think that there is like some like girl or band or somewhere, somewhere in America or even in the world that can have the impact that the Beatles and Nirvana did? Is it possible again in this landscape of music with everything being consumed at the click of a button? Hmm. I'd like to think so, but I don't know who they are or when that will happen. Uh, Yeah. yeah. What do you think, dude? Yeah. I mean, I think I think things are so much more fragmented. You know what I mean? People are getting their music and their information from so many different places. I think it'd be really difficult for one band or artist to kind of like unite unite everybody to create the type of change that Nirvana, you know, created. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, like I, I and like on one hand, like I, I I love the fact that like people can search out their own little niche interests and in things like with with the internet. But, you know, there is something to be said about like everyone watching, you know, the same thing on MTV together, like everyone watching Nirvana unplugged the same night and then the world is just different the next morning, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that doesn't happen now. Now you can watch right. it whenever you want and you can click it whenever you want. And like um, I was telling somebody the other day, too, it's like the you can control the story now more than ever. Nobody knows 
what day you filmed that, you know, like, right. Yeah. And it's, we, we're just uh, the audience who is just wide open towards that now. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? Like for, for a culture that we grew up in, everything was so hard to attain. All of our media was hard to get Uh VHS tape was very impossible to rent uh, right. pre-orders at Sam Goody, the wall, uh, you know, all these things we had to like work up to, you know, and I don't think that'll ever go away in our like, you know, vernacular, like as we get older, like we worked for our stuff, we worked for our entertainment. Um, and I just don't think that they, they, it's not their fault either, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's just like Disney plus, here we go. Disney plus Netflix, Netflix, Hulu, Hulu. It's so quick that there is no time for them to even think. So, right. Right. I often think too, too, that there's so much impulse. There's so, or there's so much like a uh, sensory going on that perhaps the person who is the next, you know, uh, thing to unite people is too busy clicking on stuff, you know, like, just, <laughs> you know, the together, you know, yeah. because yeah, that's a really good point. You can't even, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I can't get these cords together. I got to go on, you know, Instagram stories or, and see what's going on. And like, yeah. you know, it is a negative um like you know sometimes social media can be you know like positive but most most of the time it's not making you feel good like music made us feel good in the 90s yeah so that's like a connection yeah Yeah. like a cassette that would go into a a tape player and then onto your head would make you feel good every time whereas when you pick up your phone and you open it up and you see somebody write something that's like cringeworthy especially for a 42 year old to be writing about you're like (laughs) you know i mean you're like what what has happened here you know yeah, I feel like the difference between when like I would be excited for an album when we were in middle school and when I'll be excited for an album now, like I like love this band, the Mountain Goats, and they have a new album that came out yesterday, and I like pre-ordered it probably three minutes after it came out. I have not gotten the album. <laughs> it's, like, you know, it's like out to delivery, like somewhere in UPS. <laughs> like, um, I, and I go back to back to like when you know Pearl Jam versus and Nirvana and Utero came out, and like. Dave, I think you got in utero and I got Pearl Jam versus <laughs> like we lent them to each other. Oh, yeah. The like dub. And that was like, you know, a life changing cultural event. Like, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's just like, I don't really, it just seems like different now. I don't know. Maybe it's just totally... had more time to anticipate things then. And well, I mean, know. in fact, I, you just made me realize something. It's like even the record industry realized, oh, shit, we can't do that no more. Now, most artists will drop it at midnight. They won't even yeah. tell you that there's a new album yeah. coming because they don't yeah. want the anticipation. I feel they want the the surprise click and the the surprise consumption to happen, yeah. like on real time. Apparently, Drake is the only artist who gets paid like millions of dollars from Spotify, where it's really hard for other artists yeah. to um, generate income, like uh, on Spotify. I mean, like that's one thing too. Obviously, you know, we're talking about old men stuff here, like, you know, CDs, records, tapes, right. <laughs> and like the, the whole notion that like, you know, like if you printed 10,000 copies, you knew that you sold 10,000 copies. Now you have no clue. Like really, there is no yeah. person watching out for, I mean, I guess like, uh, like the, uh, what is it? BMI or like, you know, like the, the but I don't know if they do a good job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know how I also I would feel about working my ass off for a year and then just putting it on the phone. I, too, were like, I'm like you guys with the CD, you know, what I mean, the record, open it up, reading it, you know, like I yeah. miss all that stuff, man. Yeah, I can't seem to let that bug go. I still. How come though? <laughs> they have, OK, so here's one thing, right, to appease the older folk who still have both 
versions of media. How come they're not releasing like liner notes online, like in the Spotify? I would love to read. Yeah, yeah I think they should. I know. Yeah. That would be such a good idea. Right. I mean, like for and like it probably is just like a couple gigs. It's not like going to take up that much room. Yeah. Right. But, like I like to read about my music. I like to understand like what went into it, who right. they thank. Like, I, you know, I was just telling some kid the other day, I'm like, yeah, uh, Kurt Cobain thanks Quentin Tarantino in the In Utero notes, because at the time, <laughs> Quentin wanted him to portray um, Eric Stoltz's character. Oh, and they wow. watched Pulp Fiction over and over again in the van, apparently. Kurt loved it. <laughs> nice. Wow. nice. I had no idea. Uh, you never knew that? <laughs> no. Oh, so, like Kurt, so, like, Kurt obviously didn't want to play that Eric Stoltz character in Pulp Fiction because it would be, you know, too close to the vest yeah. at the time, like him with the, yeah. the drugs yeah. and stuff like that. But, um yeah, you could totally see, even when you're watching it, like next time you watch Pulp Fiction, watch that scene or those scenes with Eric Stoltz. And it's like almost like he is Kurt in a way. Yeah. He's like emulating Kurt in a way. Nice, nice. But we had so much <laughs> great stuff to come out during that time period too. Pulp Fiction comes out during that time period. I think it was the number one film of your year, right? In your yearbook? I think 94. Right? I want to say that was 94. Okay, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. So I have this room that I can go to. It's the archives <laughs> here. And you can go through every single yearbook. And wow. every single continental member of the continental. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The poetry yeah. magazines. Yeah. I um, that. So I've gone through like lots of it, you know, and like yeah, the I'm, li- was great. I'm living in both worlds right now. I'm living in the 90s <laughs> and I'm currently living in the 2020s, you know, and the That's memories great. merge into <laughs> each other. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. So like, uh, you know, like the, the purpose of this uh, reunion is uh, Dole. Like when did Dole actually start? Because I remember you guys coming down Tove's basement once, Christopher oh. Homan's basement to find yeah. a drummer. Yeah. Then ultimately you went with TJ. But yeah. when did you two first start playing together? It, it might, I mean, I, I would say early, early freshman year, right, Neil? Yeah. 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 We technically, like, we, we started, I think, before, like, Neil had a guitar. I didn't even have a bass yet. I had, like, a little toy synth, you know? And, like, we, <laughs> we did, like, you know, our, our earliest, earliest stuff was, like, like using the, the like, little beatbox thing on the synth and then you would play guitar and we would yeah. scream along to it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I remember I had a very hard time actually singing in tune. <laughs> that was like, like uh, keeping an actual note was very, very hard. Like, I think I was more going for the spirit of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The spirit. Yeah. yeah. The, spirit, yeah. the spirit is yeah. what attracted me though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's yeah. something about I mean, that. Where it's like, we, you know, they, do it. they yeah. you know, the band up there wants to do good you know like you know i've actually found bands from 86 on the stage that we played on and when you watch that i can send it to you too as well because it is mind-blowing when you watch it because it's like they're playing progressive like rush rock on that stage but um did you guys also have like was the the name dole like a play on the velvet underground was there like a banana like type thing going on or am i did i make that up I, I t- excuse me, like maybe I'm wrong, Dave. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I came up with the name because I there was a magazine called AP Alternative Press Magazine, and they I obsessed with this magazine, and they had like one issue it was like all the bands to watch in 1994, right? And one of them was a band called Slot S L O T. Okay, and the lead singer of that band was Sue lot right 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 and i think i was like well let's just be dole because it's d and then the last part of dave's last name bowl and right. i thought it sounded cool so it didn't have anything to do with bananas but what do you right. think dude does that sound about yeah, right that sounds right yeah it's yeah. Basically neil's idea to to basically make the band a play on my name because yeah. i guess that sounded better than the i don't know <laughs> <laughs> wait what was the original band name 
We never had anything before. I don't yeah, think. Wait, did we? Yeah, did? But if yeah. we did, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's but if awesome. we did so, it with my name, it'd be so wait. So in your memory, how many gigs did you guys have? You know, I actually feel like I had this somewhere on a piece of paper. Um, you wrote it down. I was trying to find, but I don't think I'll be. Oh, okay. Okay, can I run down some of these, Dave? Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. I have. This is getting a little micro here, so forgive okay. me. But I Villanova was November of 1994. Right, that's right. We played the band room, November 1994. I guess the band room might have been Gong Show. No, Gong Show was March 1995. Yeah, we, right. yep. we played St. Matt's January 1995. Oh, I was there for that. that I was there for that. Right. Yeah, that right. About right. Yeah. Yep. And then we played Java Man December '95 and Mount Caramel Club 120 1996. That must must have been our last show. Okay, okay. So it might have only been five. Might have only been five shows. Yeah. You know, why did yeah. you guys break up? Why did we break up? I think we were like reached in my. I think we reached that point where we had musical differences. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like right, like we started off as like a really really loud hard band, but basically we couldn't find a drummer. You know. So we, 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 we played, our first show was with Topher. We never had rehearsed with him before. You know, the gong show we played with TJ, we had never rehearsed with him before either, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we, literally played, we had this habit of playing shows with drummers who have, who have never heard our music before. We just walked on stage and played, you know? Um, yeah, and, and, and to both of them. That's yeah, incredible. and then eventually we went acoustic and then Chrissy joined. It almost turned into more of like a songwriting collective in a way, you know what I mean? Like just kind of like three songwriters working together you know but then like at the last show like the last the last show was was tough because it really felt like the audience like at, at the time wanted like a really loud rock band and that just wasn't what we were anymore you know mm -hmm. so yeah maybe yeah. musical differences i don't know yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. a lot of and feedback <laughs> well, maybe like we can arrange it in the future to bring you guys back here get you back on stage Dude, like I and do it again with no rehearsal. Would, just get up there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would do it in a heartbeat. You know what yeah. I mean? Just be like, look, we're in the key of G. But we would definitely need Chrissy back too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like here's the thing about I love I love this about Chrissy so much. And uh it's probably it's early in the morning, so she's not here. But Chrissy, we love you. But there's a point during that performance where she straight looks over at TJ and she's like, <laughs> slow it down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, awesome. And like awesome. that is so I remember. First off, I was like just floored. Like I remember being in the audience thinking like she's in the middle, dude. She's playing the, like it just looks so cool, you know, and then like she tells him like, Slow down. like you know, I mean, like nobody does that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even like because you don't oh, want she to had like all the confidence and all the attitude in the world. I was great, yeah, dude. It was and awesome. it just surprised me so much, you know, and like even now, like as a 42 year old watching, I'm like the balls on her. You know what I mean? Like she just did a good job there. And like that mean that whole like performance of the Battle of the Bands. I mean, there's so many different group so many different like dreams and aspirations that came out of this place you know what i mean it's like a lot of times like people think i guess it don't go nowhere but it's like i'm here to let those people know that it does go somewhere i'm watching it still to this day i'm seeing like all this <laughs> stuff from the 80s you know like of young bands i just actually um i contacted this guy uh i found this footage from like 1990 this guy looks like his name is matt sevier and uh he looks like he's like part of collective soul and he's in the CITV studios here in like 1989. And I just sent him footage and he's just like, dude, like how? And like, it just made his whole world. Cause it's like, yeah. wow. when you make something and then you see it again years later, you know, like there's your version of it. And then there's the new version of it that's replaced with the video. But like, it never takes away the feeling of like what it was like to be a young man playing or a young woman playing in a band 
in high school, you know? Yeah. It's just crazy, right? Like, and it's like, I'm so glad that we did that. We like, and I'm still trying. There's a show that like Dole plays with Phaser and Delta Nine. And there's another band yeah. I believe called, I think they were called Tripod, maybe. I'm not really sure, but okay. I don't think, I think they, they steered away from the battle of the band stuff here because it is kind of like, you know, like you'd be in the middle of the, There's a couple of like gongs, you know, like where they would right. gong yeah. you. Yeah. And like people, it's like hearts would be broken. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. I can't, yeah. I'm like pretty amazed. We, did we get gonged? I don't think we did. Yeah. Like, is- <laughs> I don't think we I don't think we did either and I'm like Bob like the, the performance that you posted recently was that a battle of the bands or was that a gong show? no that was that was I don't know what that is I think that's battle of the bands because I don't see the gong in that video I can send you guys the full full tape of it too so you can see okay, everything cool. there but okay. yeah, I see I think cool. I think at one point and like this I mean like this is all nestled into that time period too of like just weird shit like I was just telling somebody the other day, like the fashion sense around here in the nineties was like, it was either you wore grunge or like bare, what was it called? Co, co-naked shirts or something like oh, that. Co-ed naked. Yeah. Co-ed I remember naked. all this like sexual innuendo yeah. stuff that used to yeah. be happening here. Like yeah. it was co-ed naked. And then there was like yeah. another one. And like these shirts were like cartoons that were like lewd sexuality. Yeah. Like it oh, was oh, weird. Oh, oh, the big Johnson. Big, big Johnson. Johnson. So here you go. Oh, so like for the young people listening, this is how the internet like started to like creak into our lives in these weird ways, like before it even was a thing. I mean, I think the internet was invented in 74 or something like that, but I mean, like we didn't get it to what, 97 or so, like yeah. six. But yeah, I mean, like uh, I still recall like, you know, um, Adam Grossman walking around uh, these hallways and in, in, uh, duct tape feet. Oh you know? yeah. Yep. That was legendary. <laughs> you know, legendary. and like, that was like a big deal for some people. Like, oh my God, like he's an, an, an individual. <laughs> Yeah, right. and like right. he's got his feet taped up, yeah. you know. Wear shoes. I mean, it was yeah. there was duct tape shoes. <laughs> it just wish that I knew when it was happening, like how fortunate we were to, you know. I mean, we saw all those bands rise, you know, Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, PO, like um, Pond. You guys remember Pond from uh, the yeah. Sub Pop like era? Yeah. I just watched a documentary on Sub Pop too, by the way. It's uh, I think it's on Vice. It's really good. Okay. <laughs> but like the whole like notion of like you know. Um, you know, getting older and stuff like that. Like um, you guys held on to music in various different forms. So Neil, I know you do Soundburger, right? You, yeah, so you, you that's probably your- my main musical outlet because I'm not playing in a band, but I do do a radio show Saturday nights on uh, Central Coast Radio. And you prepare for it the same way that a yeah. musician would prepare for it, like writing a set list and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I, I pretty much think of it like making a mixtape like you guys made mixtapes we all made mixtapes back when you actually like had your pile of cds or cassettes or even records and and you would like plan it out and what would a good opener be and you have to make it flow and then you have to good like have a good climactic ending and you know what i mean like yeah so i i love that um if anything it's made it harder though with having things like spotify and apple music because you really are you know, instead of having your however many X amount of records and CDs to choose from, now you have almost literally everything. <laughs> and then if you wanted to play yeah. something from YouTube, even though it's lower quality, you know, I've played a couple songs just because that's, there's a few songs and bands I like where it only exists on YouTube, like, or if you have the demo cassette. <laughs> but um, that that makes it hard because it could just be everything. So sometimes I'm always thinking for like micro themes, like, uh, you know, I want to do like best B-sides ever. Or like my my friend John Batiste has a great radio show where he played the Jesus Lizard Puss and and Nirvana Oh the Guilt because they were on a split seven inch together and those are still to this day like two of my favorite songs from the nineties that I almost feel like you have to play together yeah yeah 
Yeah, but it's fun. Yeah, I, I do miss playing in a band though. I miss like the camaraderie and oh, yeah, writing yeah. a set list and figuring out the song and arguing about no, we need a bridge yeah. here. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> and Dave, you, you said you you continued uh, electronically, right? So like, yeah. So after high school, college, does your musical career continue that during this time period? Or yeah, I mean, I, I played in a band probably a good like uh, like almost ten years after high school. The, the, you know, the style kind of like the style sort of went from like indie rock to like indie pop to kind of like post rock, like Radiohead experimental, and then kind of into like almost like ambient guitar. And then mm-hmm. from there, I kind of shifted into like ambient electronic, and then sort of morphed into more like beat driven stuff from there. So that was sort of a progression. Yeah. Any artists that you uh, currently look to for inspiration? Currently look to? Oh man. Um, What's your trapper keeper look like now? What does my trapper <laughs> look like? I um, I mean, I, I've been really uh, inspired by like, uh, you know, the, the original Chicago house artists. I went ba- back and got into like, uh, like Mr. Fingers. Um, he's really, really great. Um, you know, I really like Omar S, like basically like electronic, but like the guys who are like keeping keeping the original 80s and 90s sound, like using hardware, you know, it still sounds very organic, even though it's even though it's electronic. I love so, that synth yeah. sound. The synth sounds yeah. always been it just always works. It works yeah. in film, too, for some reason. When you hear like yeah. a synth like bass note, you're like, ah, it's working. The chills. Uh, I never forget the first time somebody handed me craft um, work. I think I was like 16. Right, and right. I was like, this exists. This is this right. happened then, you know, like <laughs> the first time I heard Kraftwerk, I think Neil showed up with the Kraftwerk record. <laughs> yeah. I, I gotta admit, like, I'm a huge Kraftwerk fan. I was not sold originally. I, I it's, was like, it's it's not it's hard to like, what is this? You right, know, like, the first like, time when you're Neil, a kid. Neil found this band where <laughs> they don't play instruments and they pretend to be robots. And like, <laughs> but it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so good. It, it's crazy know. how um, you know, a band like that could just have a like I remember like reading like they were the most um sampled band i think out there that nobody yeah, knows yeah. about like yeah and i think there's like one album that coldplay did where it's like literally nothing but like craft work like samples and stuff like that see this is the stuff that i love still i love like learning yeah, about yeah. the stuff behind the music you know like not the tv yeah. show behind it but like i don't know i just love that i love uh rock biographies like i read them all oh, you know yeah. like i voraciously uh, it's just fun to to go through i have a few that i'm trying to to start reading i have neil young and warren warren zavon i've got a few lined up that i want to read i was curious i wanted to ask if you remember there was like a cassette of like a local philly like drum and bass artist do you remember this shock yes that was amazing that was really really good i think i still have that somewhere yeah Yeah, you can find it i think on youtube i think it was shok yeah i yeah what was this like an underground mixtape i feel like it was like a local philly guy who was like (laughs) maybe like a contemporary of like maybe like king brit a couple years before that i don't know Oh my god do you know what you guys just made me think of you remember okay (laughs) i I haven't thought of this in a long time (laughs) but you probably will recall this do you guys remember 1-800-AXE-KILL? No. What was it called? AXE-KILL? 1-800-AXE-KILL. No. I don't remember that. No. So this was in the Plymouth Meeting area in the early 90s at the Plymouth Meeting Mall and most payphones, you would see a sticker that said 1-800-AXE-KILL and you would call and this guy would pick up and he would just chat with you. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About what? Anything? Like, 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 was this like if you're going to kill yourself with an axe? No, it was just it just worked out axe kill because it was seven digits, and like he would like pick up the phone, and it would be like you were talking to uh, like every time I talked to him, it sounded like when 
Brad Pitt picked up the phone with Edward Norton. He's chewing popcorn in Fight Club. Like he'd always be chewing popcorn, just being like, yeah, what else? What else? What else you got, kid? What else? And like, I just, I would call him all the time, you know? And oh my um, God. I love it. I haven't thought of this in so many, you know, there's a great uh, podcast too that deals with something like this. Uh, it's called the Apology Line. It's on, you can just type in the Apology Line. It's about something similar to happen in New York City in the late 1970s, a sticker on like payphones, but people would call and apologize for things they did and leave it like on a voicemail. And then the, he wow. would like, you could call and listen to it. Yeah. And um, eventually he had like serial killers call and like try to find out who Mr. Apology was. It's a, wow. it's a deep dive That's for the great. Bobcast listeners. I highly recommend it. Yeah. But yeah, like the whole notion of like the cassette tape and like the mixtape and like the, um, the community of like people being like, let me get a copy of that. Yeah. Uh, not like I was just talking like too, like, you know, like you sometimes would never even know like how a song started, you know, like you would be like, <laughs> hit play record and like it would just you'd miss like the first 20 seconds and be like, God, you know what I mean? Like, and then like, I think I, I had this like, with the Stone Temple Pilot song. I never knew what it sounded like. I, th- I guess it was plush. Like I never heard the opening chords just because I had like a like a radio cassette tape of it, you know? Wow. Wow. <laughs> but yes, yeah, wild. Um, so TJ didn't make it. Chrissy didn't make it today, but um, we might need did, to do a part two. I, I would like to do a part two. We could yeah. definitely do yeah. that. I think that's like, you would do a half hour here and then do another half hour there. If you guys are up for it. I'm totally up for it. Yeah. I love chatting with people with like this, this time period, this time period just means so much to me. Sometimes I'll start talking about it with like the kids and they're like, you're going too far. Stop. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cause it's like their media isn't as important, you know, it's not like their thing, you know, but music though is exciting for them. Um, do you guys still go see concerts and stuff like that? I've not been to too many recently. I've, I got to admit with, yeah. yeah. It's, been, it's been a while for me too. I think for me, it's mostly um, like, like friends, DJ gigs and things like that. You know, I have a bunch of friends mm-hmm. who play in Brooklyn and things. So, he, you know, here and there we'll go out, go out to something like that. So, yeah, I, I just, I don't like the whole process of like standing for hours, you know, and too old, man. I have bad right knee. And like, I went to see Beck not too long ago, like before the pandemic. Nice. I told my wife, I was like, you're going to have to like, just let me lean on you for a sec. Cause it just, I let, I stood for too long on the right side of me. And I was just, this is punishment. How do yeah. kids do this? You know what I mean? How do they yeah. stay like for hours and like wait for their favorite artist? But yeah, yeah. I'm in line like 10 hours before so they can be front in line. <laughs> right. There's so much waiting when you see a band too. You wait to get in, you wait for them to put up the gear. It's, it's yeah. great, right? I mean, yeah. And also being in a band is like all about waiting, right? I mean, like that's like the worst. Like, hey, can you get here at three o'clock? You go on at 10. Like what? But, you know, uh, I'm, t- I'm taking my son to his first concert in September. It's at the Wells Fargo Center. So there'll be seats and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it is it's kind of crazy when you go to a concert and it's like your favorite artist and you can't really enjoy yourself. Did you guys happen to see the Woodstock documentary? Woodstock Not 99 yet. on Is Netflix? it worth watching? Oh, it's totally worth watching. Is it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, you know, that was 20 years ago. And even in that wow. course of 20 years, everything has changed. Like it was, I didn't realize how um, much of a male toxic environment it was in the late 90s, early thousands, yeah. you know? Like yeah. it was like, a, yeah. it, you would never thought that the beginning of the decade started off with like, you know, somebody singing about like you know feminism and stuff like that and then ending with like people trying to like rape women at this festival it's terrible uh, yeah yeah i'm glad we've progressed out of that you know what i mean because yeah. it was like that time period like you know when nobody was being held accountable I, I think that's the one thing about the internet that i do enjoy is that people are now held accountable and you can't get away with shit like that mm-hmm. yeah right. yeah 
So yeah. thoughts on? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, well, go I was going to say, I was going to just say like the idea of a day long festival, because, you know, like it was like the anniversary of Lollapalooza, like this August, you know, and like I was looking, the only Lollapalooza I went to was the, was the 94 one with Smashing Pumpkins and Beastie Boys. And I loved it. But the idea of going again and seeing like, you know, 15 to 25 bands in a hundred plus degree weather right now, like, I don't know how long I would how I would last. Like I would need to like save up for the VIP section that had the air conditioning. I yeah. I, I would not be able to hydrate <laughs> properly, you know, like yeah. I would be like just dying. <laughs> yeah. But um, what were you going to say though, Bob? I can't remember now. I mean, yeah. it's just part of the art of podcasting. Sometimes you forget, but you know, it's it, that time period though. It'll last like people ask questions about it still, you know, the, the youth like want to know about it, you know, like they're interested in like what, the last like uh, time period was where, you know, like you would only see artists on television. I think that the, the celebrity too, like, you know, Andy Warhol was totally right. Like everybody is got that. Everybody has that 15 minutes of fame, you yeah. know? And it's like, I don't even think that the kids are interested in like, you know, we were growing up, we wanted to be like, you know, um, lead singers of bands or some people wanted to be, you don't need, need any of that. Now you just need the cell phone and you can be <laughs> yeah. your own yeah. superstar. And it's wow. like, that's changed so much. Everything's yeah. changed like that. Like anybody can do, you don't need an avenue anymore. And I think that that can be exciting for the future with music. Like if you could figure a way out to, you know, cut through the, the music industry and just have music be self-serve to the artists, it's just too hard though. Cause it's like, you still have that conglomerate of people who want to, you know, make money off of people who are talented and sucks. Yeah. We should, we should start a record label, all of us. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. New business country. <laughs> That'd be um, cool. Vinyl only. <laughs> so, uh, and before we uh, wrap up today's part one of this dull reunion, we'll have to get the other two back for the next. Yes. In the interim of the last time I've seen you guys, right? What has been the most significant change in your life? You want to go ahead first, Dave? Well, I mean, for me, yeah, I would say uh, getting married and the birth of my son. Um, nice. Probably been the biggest changes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. For me, yeah, getting married, moving, uh, moving out to California. Um, yeah, that's just about it. Yeah. But um, got to go to uh, our 30th anniversary this year and saw some great people from PW High School oh. 30th anniversary. Great. And um, yeah. yeah, that was really cool. Everybody was really like had a great time and it was awesome to see each other. And it, um, I was like, I, you know, I was like, I, I said to Drea, my wife, uh, you know, Andrea mm -hmm. um, and Dave, uh, but I was like, you know, everyone in our high school, like all the people that came to our reunion, I was like, they're so nice. And I was just thinking like, I think we were raised at like a, you know, at a really good time. We, we went to a good high school, you sure. know, like we had great teachers Definitely. and like, you know what I mean? Like who also encouraged us like to make a hell of a noise and get up <laughs> for like a gong show. Like that mm -hmm. was all stuff that was just like, of course you would be doing that. And like, I feel really lucky to have had that, you know? And we so, were very lucky. Yeah I, yeah, I I ask people this all the time and they're like, I did not have a good high school experience. And, they, and they're like, it wasn't fun. We had no community. I'm like, I loved it. In fact, I, I'm <laughs> back in it now, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like I'm in the 40th grade, you know? Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's still got its troops of like, you know, uh, clicks and stuff like that or whatever. But I mean, for the sure. most part, uh, they do allow you to be creative, you know, and mm -hmm. like uh, they want bands to be out there, you know, and they want like, okay. so I'm going to take it to the next. I'm going to bring back the gong show. Yeah. I'm going to bring back the courtyard concerts. I'm going to like, and in fact, 
you can't really, uh, I'm all plugged in here, but over here in CITV, I've set up a PA system and like there's a drum set. So like the kids can come here and play and then we'll oh, put them out awesome. on the TV. That's great. So, you know, alternative press and like, you know, what was <laughs> nice. it? No, um, 120 okay. minutes remember 120 120 minutes? Minutes. Yeah. amazing. so yeah that's what i want to like tell the kids like all right you got 120 minutes we'll be here for two hours after school and then we'll get it all going <laughs> amazing oh i misspoke it was our 25th anniversary not our 30th i was gonna say like, we're yeah, not that so old i'm yet, aging right? myself by five more years <laughs> i feel like yeah, i have my 25th i think next year next year i guess yeah it's time's fleeting fellas but i mean i really oh, appreciate man. you making time this for me fun. this morning um yeah. i love the band honestly i mean it was a period of time in my life where, you know, like I was so susceptible towards um, music and like art and uh, you guys were in that mix. I never forgot it. And uh, I appreciate you guys being pillars of the community back in the 90s to show a bunch of us how it was done. So Thanks, I'm uh, internally grateful for that memory and uh, looking forward to part two. Thank you to you and thank you to Dave uh, for playing and with me and just um this was super fun and i'll do this anytime all right <laughs> anytime let's you guys even want to jam out someday let me know all right we'll come out there real quick i'll be out there on the flight i'll grab <laughs> always Dave, invited Dave brooklyn right and i'll just come grab you on the the citv jet <laughs> be awesome but um yeah i'm looking forward to the second part uh we'll we'll let you know when that's happening out there uh make sure you tune in weekly for new episodes of the bobcast my name is bob cahill and this has been another episode of the bobcast